Well, my Bible's been open to Romans 13 for so long. Every time I turn to the page to 14, it, I don't know if it was the air blowing it back, but I kind of thought somebody was messing with me because I'd opened it to 14 before I stepped down earlier. I thought somebody turned it back to 13 just to see if I'd, re- if I'd recognize that we're back in 13 or if we're in 14. Well, let's, uh, let's stand and we'll read from our text in Romans 14. I'm going to read a little bit longer of a passage than we normally would, but Romans 14, verse number 1, Him that is weak in the faith, receive, but not to doubtful disputations. Um, It's not, not judgmentally, in other words. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs or vegetables. Let not him that eateth despiseth him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth. It goes both ways, doesn't it? For God hath received him. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. One man esteemeth one day above another, another man esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day, regardeth it unto the Lord. And he that regardeth not the day, to the Lord, he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not, to the Lord he eateth not, and giveth God thanks. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, Every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Let us not therefore judge one another any more, but judge this rather that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, To him it is unclean. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably? Destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth serveth Christ, is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things which are wherewith one may edify another. For meat destroy not the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. It is good neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth, or is offended, or is made weak. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing which he alloweth. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So we we could keep reading. We're We're not done with this thought that we're looking at here. It goes even into chapter 15. We know chapter and verse divisions haven't always been in Scripture, right? They're, they're helpful, but sometimes they divide where they, in our opinion, where they ought not. And they, they, they tend to cut off a thought in people's minds where it continues, you know, in the next chapter. So, But <clears throat> suffice it for us to have read that this morning to give us um, somewhat of a thought about what Paul's speaking to us regarding those who are weak in the faith. Well, let's go once again to the Lord in prayer. Brother JT, would you pray for us? Most kind and gracious Father in heaven, we thank you 
And for Sister Betty, you may be seated. I didn't mention her earlier, but she's not here with us this morning either. Okay. Well, I'm glad she's not ill. Yeah. You know what's what's the big thing here, right? I mean, we we, we just read about this um, in chapter 14. We read about those who are weak, those who are strong. What's the big thing? What do you think? What's needed here? Amongst us, got weak and got strong. Hmm? What is it? Grace. Grace is needed. We ought, we ought to be love. Love's the big thing. Uh, gracious towards one another. Uh, tender-hearted. I mean, we, we eat together every Sunday, so what if you got here and um, one of the ladies, you men, one of the ladies was getting, it wasn't your wife, somebody else's wife, but they're getting out of the car and they're struggling with a the, with the big dish. What would you instinctively do? You know, or they were walking towards the door and it was closed and you were three or four steps behind them and here they were carrying this thing and you knew they weren't going to be able to open the door. You'd rush up there, you know, to grab the dish or to open the door, right? You'd, you'd help. You'd want to help. Not just because you wanted what was in the dish, you know, but because they needed help. And so, you know, that being the case, I mean, we think about it in those terms. I mean, think about it here. I mean, so here's, here's some people that are struggling. You know, it may not be with a dish. You know, they're struggling with something in their lives. And what we want to do is we want to come alongside. We want to shoulder the burden, you know, if we can. Um, Rick had to get up and, and walk out there. But that, I told you about that machine that we was using Friday. Um, it's an interesting machine, Brother Jerry. It's the, the yoke on it. It's got a handle that you can you can grab and you can spin the thing over to the side and you can walk beside your row so you're not stepping in, you know, what you just tilled up, you know. Or, depending on the implement, you can spin it all the way around the other side, you know, and now the engine's on your side instead of the engine being out in front of you because you don't want your feet that close to the thing that it's attached to uh, in that particular circumstance. But I bring that up for this reason. So the whole area that that we've fenced around for the garden. Um, Rick had a pretty ambitious goal to get it all planted, you know, Friday afternoon. He'd been, they'd been working on it a lot during the day. I was having to work on something else, and I finally got finished with that, and I told Rick I'd come out there and help him. Well, he'd already been, you know, laboring in the sun. I was just now getting into it. I'd been in the office. 
And I got out there and I ran that thing for quite a, quite a long time. And I was getting wore out. And uh, he walked up. And guess what he did? He said, let me take over. You know? And I could tell, you know, he wasn't, didn't seem like he was going to last you know, very long because he was already tired. And so after he'd done a few rows, you know what I did? I walked up and I took over. You know, we just kept trading off until we were finally done, you know. But it would have been tough, and we might not have got done um, if we hadn't helped each other, you know. I mean, we had to go sit down, you know, and, and catch our breath. And when we caught our breath, we'd go jump in there because the other fellow was, you know, out of breath. You know, he was done. You could see it on his face. You know, he's having to turn that thing around at the end of the row, and uh, it was more than he wanted. Um, you know, so, and i tell you what, I was purposefully planning how I would go about that, Brother Jerry, because I wanted to take it the longest direction I could, because the hardest thing was to turn it. I didn't want to be going like this. I wanted to, <laughs> I was wanting to go way down before I'd turn that thing around and come back. Um, but we kind of understand, you know, a little bit. Um, those are, are simpler things, I know. Um, that was easy for me to jump in there and help him and him jump in there and help me, you know, with, with what we were doing there. But, I mean, you talk about some weaknesses that, that other believers, that's what we're, we're dealing with here is brethren, um, those who are outside of the faith. This is not necessarily, you know, something that we're applying, you know, to that. I mean, they need the gospel, is what they need. I mean, we still need to speak the truth in love unto them, you know, absolutely. We told you know, about that story this morning about the young lady and what she would say to something, something to somebody every time they would show up new and, and, and that person was about ready to leave. Then the pastor talked to them and they were, had some relief and they were willing to stay and even willing to talk to him and he was able to preach the gospel to them, you know. So, I mean, we understand there's not without application at all in these things, but, but we're talking about a weaker brother, and a stronger brother, or a weaker sister, and a stronger sister in Christ is what we're dealing with here. Um, those who are weak in the faith. I mean, th- those other people are outside of the faith, right? I mean, we're talking about those who are weak in the faith. So we know we're talking to brethren here. But those things that the, the brethren go through, I mean, those are going to be a little bit longer and maybe protracted and more difficult uh, to deal with. And, 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 and you may have to you may have to be patient with them for a long, long time, you know, in that regard. Uh, because what if, I mean, we see both ways, don't we, here in verse number three, let not him that eat despise him that eat not, and let not him that eat not judge him that eat. So what if you're on the receiving end either way? And here you are seeking to serve the Lord, and you're, you're maybe on the weaker end of things, and you're not eating, and that person, you know, is, is judging you for, well, you may have to be patient with them, even though you're the weaker, you know, of the two. You're stronger in that area, being patient with them. They're not very patient. Maybe this thing's happening so they can learn patience um, in, in dealing with a situation like this. Um, or maybe you're on the stronger side and the weaker person, and you're, you're looking at them thinking, well, why don't they just get it? Why don't they understand they have liberty here? Well, we don't really know everything that they've gone through in their life and why it is that they're having more trouble, you know, there. We need patience. Uh, we need to love, you know. We need to be gracious, you know, those things that were mentioned already this morning. But, you know, this follows right upon the heels and is the reason why I said something about chapter and verse divisions. What's the last thing that we saw in Romans 13? We saw put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that not applicable here? Do we just forget what we saw in, in chapter 13 and not carry that into chapter 14? No. We need to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. How about reaching back into chapter 13 and looking at those lists of things that are mentioned there in verse number 13? At the very end, it talks about strife, and it talks about envying. Well, it'd be, it'd be easy, you know, for someone on the weaker side to envy someone who's on the stronger side. Um, you know, that's a good envying in a sense, but then again, his conscience is defiled. He can't do what the, other, the stronger person's doing. Uh, but these things can cause strife is my main point. And we are called to unity. We're called to be one. Uh, we're not called to have divisions. I mean, have there not been entire denominations that have been set up because of divisions of things of this sort? Absolutely. I mean, there's been whole denominations that have broken off and branched off from, from a, another church because of differences. They weren't essential things. They were non-essential things. They weren't pertaining to the gospel per se. They weren't absolutes, 
uh, but there was division you know, over them whenever we should have been walking or they should have been walking here in Romans chapter 14. So we're to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its lust. Well, that can be applied here too. You know, we can say that you, know, you can make provision for the flesh and say, you know what, you just need to get with the program. You need, to, you need to start eating meat and stop eating milk. And we could go through, you know, those sorts of things with people and, and, and be offensive. And we could be judgmental and we could cause injury um, in those circumstances. But we're called to receive or accept the one who is weak in faith. That's what the strong are called to. The strong have a responsibility. The strong are commanded, even. We'll take it that far. The strong are commanded to bear with the weak. We're commanded to do so. We're called to receive or accept the one who is weak, but not for the purpose of passing judgment. I'm reading from a different version now. Not for the purpose of passing judgment on his opinions. That's the New American Standard Bible. What we see in the King James is, but not to doubtful disputations. We're not passing judgment on a person's opinions. I mean, that already talks about it not being an essential thing, right? So this person doesn't have the TV. And we talked about that earlier this morning. Um, you know, they don't have a radio, you know, maybe they don't have something that you have liberty you feel like to have, but there's something in their life and in their walk and in their circumstances and in their experience and the way that they were brought up or whatever the case may be, that they are struggling with something that you don't feel like is any problem at all. I mean, not that it's not any problem at all. There's plenty bad, you know, on the television and on the radio, um, but but they're 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 having some real problems you know there and um you know you're not well you need to be considerate you know of the fact that they have those difficulties they have those struggles um they 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 have that sort of a um you know, a, a, a tribulation in a sense in, in, in their life. I mean, to them it is. I mean, it's not to you, but it's a big deal to them. It may not be a big deal to you, but it's a really big deal, you know, to them. Uh, but what we're talking about here, what Paul's dealing with, he's not talking about murder. That's wrong, and it's never right. <laughs> you know, that's never right. He's not talking about, you know, adultery. That's, we're not talking about the, you know, moral law here. We're talking about secondary matters. That's what we're dealing with here is secondary matters. Uh, one man regards one day above another, right? We read that, didn't we? And another man, he regards every day the same. Each one of them we read about, the one who regards the day, he regards it as unto the Lord, and the one who doesn't regard the day regards it, not, does not regard it as unto the Lord. You know, so there's, there's a, a stark contrast there, isn't there? I mean, it seems like we're talking about the same day, that one man regards another man, you know, doesn't. Um, let each one be convinced in his own mind. I mean, he's, he's, he's observing or not observing as unto the Lord. Um, so disputations, passing judgment on the non-essential matters is not edifying to the body. It's not edifying to the body. We're being called not to make provision for the flesh here as much as in any other temptation that was mentioned there in, in uh, Romans 13 that we may have considered as a more, of a more serious, you know, nature. But how, and the reason why I'm putting it in those terms is how serious do you think it is whenever we do, you know, judge another person's opinions in that sense, and here they are doing that thing or not doing that thing as under the Lord, and we bring this judgmental attitude upon them, how serious do you think that is to the Lord? I mean, what the Lord's talking about here is the person's not doing it as unto him or doing it as unto him, even though you're not doing it or you are doing it, they're doing it as unto him. That's the important thing, isn't it? I mean, this person has maybe a, a weak uh, faith in, in, a, in a certain regard, and they're not doing something because they are weak in the faith, but they are doing it as unto the Lord. Uh, and it is a secondary issue. Uh, so we need to be wise you know, in regards to that and not bring some kind of judgmental spirit or attitude upon something that is secondary. Um, I think the Lord takes it very seriously when we despise someone because of their outlook or their attitude towards something whenever they are sincere. 
They are sincerely following the Lord, you know, in this. They have a wholehearted commitment to the Lord in this. Uh, and here we are condemning them for it. Uh, that's not good. That's not good. It's not to say that we aren't to judge. We are to judge. But here we're, we're, we're being called to be very cautious, you know, in this regard and bringing a judgmental attitude and spirit into that situation. So, you know, think about their position. It may be costing them a great deal. And the Lord may be using that to strengthen their faith. Uh, we need to think about that. So here we're called to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, even as in those other instances. The burden is upon the strong to bear with the weak. Um, may seem like a strange thing to us. We may feel like, why can't they see you know, the liberty that we have in, in Christ in this regard? But we're called to be patient. We're called to help. We're come, along, come alongside and to bear their burden you know, with them. Uh, what did Romans 14.20 say? Don't destroy your brother because of meat. Don't destroy your brother because of a television, you know, or whatever the case may be. Just using that as an example of something that we talked about this morning already. All things indeed are pure, but is evil for the man who eateth with offense. You know, if it's not a faith, isn't that the last thing that we read there in verse number 23? And he that doubteth is damned if he eat because he eateth not of faith, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. He can't do it. He can't do it. Uh, so we don't need to pass judgment upon him for it. The stronger called to, what does it say at the beginning? Him that is weak in the faith, receive. What are we called to do with the weak? We're called to receive them. We're called to accept them. Uh, again, this isn't a matter that is primary. This is a matter that is secondary uh, that we're dealing with here. So... Um, I, I, hey, there's times that we've been in similar circumstances, I'm sure, ourselves, where we've been on that weak side of, of things, and we've had to grow. Uh, and, and there have been people that have loved us you know, through those things, and we've appreciated them for it, and it's caused us to, to be bound together you know, with that person because of their, their graciousness and their love and their compassion you know, towards us. Um, so guard against conflict over secondary matters and strive to preserve Unity is what we're called to here. Um, their consciences and consciences is 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 is, is something that, that that I mean, how are you going to get around that? I mean, your conscience is a it, it, it's offended because of a certain thing. You can't do that certain thing. Uh, a conscience may be weak. Um, it may be misinformed. It may be again tender because of past circumstances. But our desire is to help the weak, to receive the weak. You know, when Paul mentions these Jews here were having trouble, or mentioned these people having trouble with meat, we could, we could look at it in two terms, couldn't we? And we already mentioned it this morning, so I won't spend a lot of time here. But on the Jewish side of things, think about them having to eat something that they've regarded all their lives as being unclean. On the Gentile side, maybe they came out of an idolatrous you know, worship uh, of some idol, and that meat may be there in the meat market. You know, so you've got, it could have been either one of them you know, in these circumstances, but um, it defiled the conscience of both of them. Uh, think about Peter. He had to be shown a vision, didn't he? I mean, there was that sheet and all these unclean, you know, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Not so, Lord, woe. Isn't that something? Not so, Lord. Um, so, you know, here's, here's Peter having to be, having to be shown. Um, and what was he being shown? It wasn't just about meat, was it? Um, it? They would have considered themselves defiled to walk into a Gentile's home under their roof. And, and the Lord was showing Peter, these aren't defiled. I've received them. And if I've received them, then you need to receive them. Did Peter still have trouble? You know, there was, there was another instance, wasn't there, where Paul withstood him to his face, wasn't there? Because here he would eat with the Jews, you know, when they were there, when they weren't there, he'd eat with the Gentiles. And Paul saw what was going on, and he says, Peter, you're to be blamed. You know, you're, 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 you're showing, you know, this side of yourself and this situation and that side of yourself. The Lord's received them. Why can't you? Why can't you receive them? So their consciences were defiled to think about eating that meat uh, even if the conscience is misinformed 
Uh, even if, if they've heard, the Lord says, all things are clean, but they're still having difficulty. Uh, we need to love them through it. We need to love them through those situations. So Romans 14, 21 through 23, it is not good to eat meat or drink wine or to do anything that causes your brother to stumble. We don't want to put a stumbling block in somebody else's way. The faith that you have, have it as your own. That God's given you that as, as a conviction before him. Um, you know, happy is he who does not condemn himself in that which he approves. Here you're eating the meat and you're not condemned by it. That's good. That's good. But they can't do that. And we need to be sensitive, you know, to it. Um, sensitive to their, their needs, to their concerns. Um, you know, we speak often of doing what we do to the glory of God. Well, do this to the glory of God. Receive those who are weak. We do that to the glory of God too. I thought about what the Lord said in Matthew twelve twenty: A bruised reed? Hmm? He'll not what? What will he not do with the bruised reed? What will he not do with smoking flax? Bruised reed, not break. Smoking flax, he'll not quench. And I was thinking about putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's a weaker brother. And that, that reed doesn't need to be broken. You know, it needs to be cared for. It needs to be tended to. Uh, I forget if it was, I think you said something about it. There was one of the plants that had been planted with us going up and down all those rows. Invariably, we stepped on one of them. You know, turning that, that machine around. And, and I think you went over there and you kind of, you, you kind of, tried to get some soil up around it to support it, you know. And, and so here we are. Um, think about Moses. And here he was holding up, you know, his arms, right? And, and when they were up, Israel was winning. When they fell down, they were defeated. And who came along? It was Aaron and, uh, and her, I think it was, that came along and, and, and held up his arms. Um, you know, so here strengthening, you know, that which is weak. You know, strengthening the hands that hang down and the feeble knees. I mean, here we come alongside someone uh, and help them. I remember I was at a funeral one time, and it was at a church that had a balcony. And I knew, I knew the sister that her, her son had drowned out here in the lake. And, and she was walking in, and she was just stumbling. She was over, so overcome, you know, with grief. And somebody came alongside her, you know, and started to help her to walk, you know, and to make it down the aisle, to find her seat. Uh, so, you know, there's a picture, you know, what we're talking about, you know, here. Uh, bruised reed shall he not break, and smoking flax shall he not quench, till he send forth vic- judgment unto victory. Um, shall we not then do the thing that the Lord would do? You know, come alongside and strengthen, you know, those who are, are, are struggling. Um, and we, we sing a hymn, and the part of it's coming to my mind, and I can't get it all kind of like the one Rick was calling out this morning. He couldn't, um, couldn't remember. Maybe I'll think of it in a minute, but... but um, you know, we've all come from different backgrounds. We've all had different upbringings. And we've all come through different situations. I told you about Brother Leiter talking about how that because of, and he didn't say what the thing was, but because of the way that he had been raised, he had some real struggles. Uh, he saw some liberty that people had in an area that he didn't have, and he had some real struggle, you know, in coming through some of those things because of the way that he had been brought up. Um, but we've been involved in circumstances and things that have informed our consciences and affected our consciences um, and how we understand things and things that we may have trouble with that somebody else doesn't. But again, love is the big thing here. And we are called to love one another. I mean, that was the new commandment, the Lord says. I have a new commandment for you. That you do what? That you love you know, one another. Um, Acts 20, verse 35 says, I have showed you all things how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and how or and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus and how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, is this, can we kind of shed some, some light here on this verse, kind of it, throw some light on where we are in Romans 14, 1 Corinthians 9, 22. Paul says to the weak, I became as weak. I'll eat meat no more forever, Right? Isn't that what he said? If it offends my brother. To the weak I became as weak that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. So, you know, here he is talking about becoming weak. Second um, Corinthians eleven twenty nine. he said, who is weak and I am not weak. What's he saying there? I mean, here's my brother, he's weak. I'm going to come alongside his weakness. If I have to do without this to help my brother, then, 
so be it. Um, so he says, who is offended? And I burn not. First Thessalonians 5.14, now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded. Comfort the feeble-minded. Support the weak. Be patient toward all men. So what do we need to do in this situation? We need to comfort those who are weak. We need to support those who are weak. We need to be patient with those who are weak. Uh, If you've ever read the second half of Pilgrim's Progress, where Christiana comes along her journey, well, when she gets to to the wicked gate, she and, and she comes through. Uh, she she asked for help, and do you remember who went with, who went with her? There was an there was an armed man that went with her. His name was Greatheart, and along the way, you know, there's this man that that's, that that joins the company that's so weak, um, and he's afraid that Greatheart's gonna in in all of his slashing with his sword that he's gonna somehow you know injure him and he more or less talks in terms of can a mother forget her suckling child you know and he's talking in terms of supporting the weak and comforting the weak and caring for the weak and being patient with the weak he's saying brother i haven't forgotten you you know i I know where my sword you know is 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 being directed and you're not in harm's way i'm here to protect and to support and to comfort you is what he was there for, um, but that imagery there John Bunyan uses, you know, in that in that um, allegory. So comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient towards all men. Hebrews twelve twenty-two, but you are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, into a numerable company of angels. Where here we are, you know, in in this we are in this great company. You know, Greatheart had this company of people behind him. Don't forget the weak. You know, here's, here's the, you, 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 you walk confidently across the bridge and you got this next one who's testing every board. He's afraid he's going to fall through at every, every step. Come alongside. Support, comfort, encourage. Brother, it's the, 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 the ground's firm. Look, see, here it is. I'm stepping on it. I'm heavier than you are. You know, if it can hold me, it'll hold you you know, so to speak. And I think about Pilgrim and that key of promise that he brings against, you know, giant despair in in that castle. He brings against that, that, that one large outer door. And his companion says, when he tells him to put all his weight upon it, he says, won't the key break? He talks about, this is the promise of God. The key's not going to break. You know, it's God's promise. It's the key of promise. Um, And we, we will need to encourage the weak in that way. Uh, This morning I was doing that very thing. I was, I was seeking to encourage someone, um, and they were telling me how difficult of a time they're having. I'm, I'm telling them, trust in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His mind. Uh, we're going we're gonna to have need to encourage the, the weak, those of us who are strong. And it may just be that you're strong right now because you're not in the midst of the trial that they're in. It may be that you get in the midst of the very same thing, and they've got to remind you of the very same words that you used to them. One person said it's like electricity in regards to the weaker. There's current there, but it has low voltage. It needs to be strengthened. It has low voltage. It's just like with physical strength. Some are stronger than others, and the strong need to bear with, you know, the weak. I thought about in Acts 6, 5, when when there were those men that were chosen out and, and Stephen was amongst them. You had, you had Stephen and you had Philip and, and, and some others that are mentioned. You know, they were men, it says, Stephen, a man full of faith. What was the task they were given? They were deacons. What were they doing? They were going around strengthening people. (laughs) You know, they were being strong towards those who were weak. They were helping. So men chosen with strength of faith, men set apart for the work of helping the weak. We all have that work, helping the weak. Men that would go along and tell us, be strong in the Lord. Trust in Him. Look unto him, hope in him, rely upon him. He will help you. He will aid you. He will save you. He will carry you through. I think it's illustrated in 1 Corinthians 8, 7. It says, Howbeit there is in not every man, or not in every man, that knowledge. For some with conscience of the idol 
unto this hour eat it as a thing offered unto an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. <clears throat> so there we have it. Or take, take the matter of justification. I mean, think about justification. You may be, be leaning completely upon Christ, and because of circumstances and situation that another brother or sister is going through, they find themselves in a place where, where they think they haven't done enough. That's because of their work somehow that they're, that they're justified. They've fallen back into this place of thinking that, that justification is by work somehow. And you just don't understand what I've done. And usually that's the case it comes from. And I, I, the Lord can't receive me. Look what I've done. It's not what you've done. It's what he's done. And we have to remind them our justification, our hope of salvation is in Christ and in Christ alone. And it's not just something that when we first were saved, it's even now uh, as, we, as we go along. Um, they need, may need to be reminded over and over again that our salvation is not in what we've done, but in what Christ has done. We may have to continually point them to Christ and help them to understand that our righteousness is bound up in him, not in what we do or haven't done. So, you know, not one of us in that sense, as far as justification is concerned, not one of us is more justified than the other, are we? Or more righteous than another? We aren't. Um, we're all equal in that regard in Christ. Um, but we're not equal in our understanding of these things. And because of circumstances that happen to people, they can become injured in that sense. And, and they, can, they can fail to see you know, what we, outside of their circumstances, can see and may need to help them you know, with. I mean, I, th- I think about that seed that fell among the good soil. When I mean, you think about weaker and stronger, right? There were some that yielded, what, 30 and some that yielded 60, and some that yielded a hundredfold. Well, you may be among the hundredfold, or you may be among the 60-fold that have to help the 30-fold, uh, because the 30-fold is not as strong as the 60-fold or the hundredfold, or the hundredfold might have to, have, have to help the 60-fold, you know? <coughs> I mean, think about what Paul says in Hebrews 5.12. He says, for when, for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and there become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. I mean, it, it, it's, they should be here, but they're over here. And Paul's having to come back over here and feed them with this and get them over here where they can eat that, when they should have been eating this all along and, and, and feeding that to others. Uh, but they're, just, they're not there because of one reason or another. And we're really just kind of giving an introduction to these things this morning. But we all have, you know, particular convictions about things. Um, we're not all in the same place in our walk. And again, we, need, we have need of comfort to comfort those in those circumstances. We need a patience. Uh, we need to strengthen them. We need to bear with them. Um, we're called to be about the business of preserving the unity and the bond of peace. That's Ephesians 4.3. And putting on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Colossians 3.14 um, again, everybody's not in the same place at the same time. Uh, all of our activities, all of our conduct should always be in view of, in, 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 in light of eternity, um, in light of the glorious hope to which we are all looking and to which we are all waiting. Um, there are essential matters and there are non-essential matters. Um, we don't need to make, in a sense, we've used, you know, we've heard that phrase before, a mountain out of a molehill. Um, you know, here's, here's the mountain over here. This, this is absolute. This, is, this stands firm. This is what God's Word says. But here in this thing over here, they're seeking to honor the Lord by not doing something that you feel like you have complete liberty to be able to do. Let me give you an example. Um, Martin Lloyd-Jones was at a church once where they were having, you know, the Lord's Supper. And, you know, he, he, he lived current enough to our day that this was, this was something that, that actually happened in this circumstance. Here he is at communion, you know, with, amongst, you know, other brethren that's not part of his normal, you know, fellowship and assembly. And the person, pastor, whoever it was, that was conducting the Lord's Supper, he said, if anybody, he knew there were people that were there that weren't part of the, of the local membership. If anybody here owns a TV, he said, you cannot participate in the Lord's Supper with us. That seems very strange, you know, to us. Uh, where were those people at that they were of that opinion? Uh, I don't know, but, but there they were nonetheless. 
you know, other, other churches make it a matter, you know, of, of, a, of a test of membership, whether you hold to their same, you know, eschatological view, you know, the, the, the same end times view that they have. If you don't hold that same view, then you can't be a member. You may be permitted to come, but you can't be part of the membership. Um, you know, speaking of, of communion, I mean, there's some people who are real strong about, you know, it's got to be wine. Other people are real strong about it's got to be grape juice. What if it's neither one? I was reading this morning, if you're familiar with Donald Gray Barnhouse, I don't know if y'all know, remember who he was, but he says, I have taken communion in many parts of the world with many different elements. There is, you know, where there's neither wine nor grape juice available. He says, like in places like the heart of Africa or South America. So I have taken communion with coffee. That's what they used. They used coffee instead of wine or grape juice because they didn't have. He said, I've taken it with coconut milk, tinted with, with something that turned the coconut milk kind of a pink, you know, color. Uh, with berry juice, I think is what it was. He says, I've even taken communion with cola, like Coca-Cola. That's what they had. That's what they had. He said, those things were used as a substitute for the fruit of the vine. Um, Others diluting something, you know, with, with, uh, or putting something in water to give it a kind of a red, um, you know, sort of a color. I remember there was one instance at, at, at Grace Church there where, where the, the, the camps happened, where Brother Conrad was pastoring. There was one particular time where someone had forgotten to get anything. And so, you know what they found in the refrigerator that they used and they diluted down? Grape jelly. They diluted grape jelly down till it was a liquid consistency so that they could use that to have communion. Um, so he says, now we can see that it is the height of nonsense for Christians to fight over symbols of the very death of Christ which was meant to unite them. Something is very wrong, he says, when men consider the form more important than the reality and when the ceremony is considered more important than that for which it stands in remembrance of me, right? Uh, well, you didn't have this. There was, I can't, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave the church, you know. We need to be careful, you know, in those circumstances. A lot of things that can happen, we know. Um, but the weak are those who may be overly tender uh, in their consciences in an area such um, as the meat sacrificed to idols here. But they're completely sold out to God and they're not eating of the meat, they're completely dedicated to God and they're not eating, you know, of the meat. They're doing what they do as unto the Lord and the Lord accepts them. Who are we to refuse them, you know, in that instance? I mean, what if we were there, you know, and they were serving coffee, you know, instead of wine or, or, or grape juice, you know, how would you respond? Um, well, that's all they had. You know, they didn't have anything else. You know, or what if it was the thing? It's not grape juice, but it's grape jelly. You know, what are you going to do? You know, in that circumstance, you're going to break you know, fellowship and communion with, with somebody because of something like that, you know, we ought not to think in such terms. Um, and then there's other instances I know where, where um, I'm trying to remember Brother Green, they had the lady there in, in their fellowship who couldn't have wheat, and she, what would she use? I can't remember what she used instead of, instead of unleavened bread. or uh, I can't remember what it was. It was, it was something that I wouldn't have thought, you know, about. I don't think it was necessarily gluten-free bread. But what if somebody had to, you know, use a, they could only eat bananas, you know, and they had to use that, you know, instead of bread. Um, to them still, I mean, that, they're dedicated to the Lord in, in eating that piece of banana instead of it being communion bread that we're accustomed to. Um, I know there was a time when, when uh, Brother Jennings, with the pancreatic cancer that he had, that bananas was one of the only things that he could digest. Um, you know, so, you know, we're looking at those things in, in, in those terms, but we just don't know. We need to meet people where they are in some of these things. Um, seek to honor the Lord uh, in these things instead of seeking to satisfy ourselves and justify ourselves and justify our position. Um, we need to meet people where they are. Uh, they may be mixed up in their doctrine. We may be able to help them. We may be able to be like Priscilla and Aquila with Apollos. Um, they may not fully understand something, and we may be able to be able to help to them. We're not going to be able to be that help by being judgmental, you know, but we can be that help to them by being loving, can't we? We can be loving towards them. 
So we may not agree upon every point. And like I said, this has just been kind of an introduction. We'll get into more of this as we go along. But um, we do agree upon this, upon Christ. We agree upon that. Uh, that he is truly God manifest in the flesh, that he is truly man conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, who became man in order to give himself a sacrifice for our sins. Like First Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also hath once suffered for our sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. That's mandatory. That's a must. You know, that, 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 that must be held to. You know, that's an essential. That's primary. But some of these other things are secondary. They're non-essential. You know, we don't have to take a stand, you know, there necessarily. We can try to help. We can try to comfort. We can try to strengthen. You know, we can try to be patient, you know, in some of these things. I mean, what if somebody comes into our midst, you know, from another, you know, denomination and understanding of things and, and um, you know, they're just having, I mean, they're not being disruptive. They're not, they're, they're, they're not, they're just having trouble. You know, what are we going to do? Well, you just need to get with it. You know, you, you, I can't believe you don't understand this. I mean, uh, what is wrong with you? No, you know, he's <laughs> trying to be loving and gentle and comforting and patient uh, with people that are in a position, you know, like that with some secondary, you know, item that, that we don't have to make a mountain out of a molehill with. Uh, but we can be gentle and loving and compassionate with them towards. So I hope that kind of makes sense a little bit in the introduction to these things. Um, we need to meet people where they are, you know, in some respects, um, where they've come from. Maybe they're, they've been in a very abusive situation. They're really having trouble trusting people. Um, you know, we need to try to be a help, you know, to them. Uh, show them that we're not there to abuse them in any way and take advantage of them in any way. We're really here to help you. We're really here to love you. We're really here to be compassionate towards you. Um, we're really here to help you any way we can. What can we do for you? You know, how, how can we love you through this this situation? What what can we really do to help you? Um, that's that's really where we ought to be, you know, in some of these things. Uh, but Lord, give us discretion, you know, and, and and where, you know, we and how we apply, you know, this that we're looking at here this morning. Um, why that we may honor Him in everything that we do, uh, even in our attitudes towards the weak. Lord, help us in our attitudes towards the weak. Um, You know, I I, I know, well, maybe I'm not going to say that. That, I haven't, haven't, that person may not want me to say that. Somebody told me something this week, and um, somebody wanted something, and and, um, they felt like they didn't need that. Um, You know, maybe we need to love them through that, and, and, and if they have trouble with that, help them, you know, with it instead of depriving them, you know, of it. I don't know. Um, that person knows more about that situation than I do, so uh, I'll leave it at that. But, Lord, help us to be compassionate. Help us to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I mean, we, we, we've been shown such great mercy, haven't we? Can we not be merciful with others? Um, what mercy we've been shown, what compassion we've been shown, what love we've been shown. Can we not be that way with other people? Um, otherwise, we're kind of like that servant, right? Who his Lord forgave him so much. And he went and he found his other servant, grabs him by the throat and pins him to the wall and says, pay me what you owe me. Um, you know, that's, that's the opposite of what we're called to be, right? So, Lord, help us. Well, let's stand and we'll go. Once again, to the Lord in prayer. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Forgiving one another. Right. Yep. That's a good one. We'll probably get there as we go along. <clears throat> But uh, but yes, that's a good good verse because it goes beyond. We were looking at how do we treat them? We comfort them. You know, how do we treat them? We strengthen them. You know. Yeah. Right. Yes. The rudiments of this world. Absolutely. Anybody else? 
Any other thoughts? Thought about you stand up on your feet. Maybe you might think better when you're on your feet. I don't know. Well, we'll we'll certainly be looking at this more. I mean, we we really are just we were trying to approach this from the standpoint of what it says in the very first verse about receiving. You know, we need to receive the weak, accept uh, the weak. That's not always easy to do. Um, I mean, you're going to have to get your hands dirty, probably. Um, and it, here they are, you know, down in the depths of despair. You know, you're probably going to find yourself having to go right down there with them and try to lift them back up. You know, I've heard people talk about being so low they couldn't touch bottom. You ever heard that phrase before? Yeah. I mean, we're going to find some people like that. They're so low that they feel like they can't even touch bottom. You know, and so what do we do? You know, we continue to point them to Christ. I mean, I, was, I told you I was reading about that relationship with Newton, you know, and, and, and Cooper um, this, this morning and, and how, you know, if you know anything about Cooper, he, he tried, I think he tried to commit suicide four times. Um, and Newton was continually, even after he moved from the pastorate, you know, there where Cooper was part of the assembly there, and he moved to another church, he continued to keep up. I think it was for like 20 years. He continued to keep up, you know, communication you know, with him, trying to encourage him. Um, he would take him with him when he would go visit the sick. You know, he would take him with him. You know, I, I don't know if it was because, look, this person is in a worse condition than you are. <laughs> you know, uh, let's encourage him. You know, here's, a, here's a, maybe a hundredfold and a sixtyfold trying to encourage the thirtyfold, you know. Um, but uh, he, and he, and he, and he, he, he gave him a project. You know, it, it was, you know, Cooper was, was great, you know, with, with, uh, um, you know, verse and rhyme and put him to a project of, of writing hymns for the church, uh, trying to keep his mind engaged and trying to help him any way he could. Uh, so, you know, the Lord, if, if we sincerely desire to help somebody in a condition like that, the Lord will help us to know how, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll lead us along in that way, just like in that, in that circumstance with, with those two men. Um, so Lord help us, you know, so to do, um, well, let's let's go once again to the Lord in prayer and return thanks for the the meal that that's been prepared. Um, Dad, would you pray for us?